Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. I'm Sumeria Jamal of AccidentalMuslims.com, Durban. AccidentalMuslims.com is a movement and a platform where we showcase current and future leaders to help us live with purpose. This podcast hopes to add value to your life, so listen up and enjoy. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to another episode with AccidentalMuslims.com Durban. I'm Sumaya and joining me today we have Bashira Dauji. She's a pharmacist with a creative flair and interest in blogging and interior design. She uses social media to express her passions and interests, especially in Islamic fashion. Bashira, assalamu alaikum and thank you so much for joining us. Wa alaikum salam, thank you for having me. So tell us more on who is Bashira Dauji. Uh, Bashira is a very complex person, very hard to put into words. But if I had to describe myself, I would say passionate, very passionate person. A go-getter, someone with a creative side who also loves making a difference in people's lives. So yeah, that's basically me. If you describe yourself in three words, what do you think they would be? Loyal, hardworking and creative. I think that's something <laughs> from the little that I do know you. So, you know, growing up, I think, you know, we all have these dreams and aspirations. So was pharmacy always something you wanted to do? Or was it a career that, you know, your parents perhaps wanted you to start with? Um, when I was very little, like seven or eight, my favorite uncle was a pharmacist. And <laughs> I thought it was a really cool job and I really wanted to be like, mm. like him. But then in standard nine... I hated physics, so then I was rethinking <laughs> my life decisions, and I really loved accounting, so I was actually thinking of do, becoming a CA. But my dad convinced me, he said, you know what, you wanted to be a pharmacist practically your whole life, mm-hmm. and um, he thinks it's better for a female. And I'm glad I did, because speaking to my friends who are CAs, you know, like once they want to have a family and stuff, it's really difficult. It and with me, uh, pharmacy allows me so much of flexibility, you know, to do locums and stuff. And it really is better for a Muslim female, especially one who has a family or who doesn't want to work full time, who has like me, so many other things going mm. on. You can choose when you want to work. So it, it really did fit in my lifestyle and I'm glad I did it. Even though, physics. yeah, <laughs> yeah, even though the physics, I mean, I, I got used to that. But yeah, it was a good decision. It's great, Alhamdulillah. So what would you say is your favorite part about giving out drugs behind the counter? <laughs> Um, I think the best part about it is the interaction with people, you know, when they really appreciate it and, you know, they come back and they tell you, you know, what seems simple to you actually helped them a lot. And like, even though I'm a pharmacist, I don't particularly like medication, like I won't take medication in a hurry. And I, for myself, like more the alternate therapies and, you know, researching like what's there Mm -hmm. and like besides medicine, like, you know, all the different type of things. So sometimes at practicing, I also recommend that stuff. And it's nice to get the feedback when people say, hey, you know, this worked or that worked or this food worked or that food worked or one of the best things not just as as a pharmacist but I was working in my husband's surgery with him also um, is like you know when you give someone like a clomid or fertility tablet and they get pregnant after so long like that is the best feeling ever yeah that's so strange, you know, as you said, that you, you personally don't take medication. You I don't like it. <laughs> like, if I have a headache or something, I'll, I used to, like, tell him, I'll be like, I have a headache. He'll be like, take something. I'll be like, no, I'll just wait. If it gets worse, I'll take something. I'll take and some he'll water. keep telling me, take a tablet. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, I don't particularly like medication. <laughs> so, you know, the thing is that pharmacy, uh, interior design, blogging, and these three, you know, aspects have barely anything in common. So, how did you marry the three? Uh, like I said, I'm a very complex person. Um, so each one fulfills a different need. Like pharmacy fulfills more my academic nerdy side that I was growing up and like my more serious side. And the interior design allows me an outlet for my more creative side. Um, I've always wanted to do 
like my whole life fashion design and it wasn't at the time something I could have done when mm-hmm. I started so that's why I chose interior design because fashion mm-hmm. design is a full-time course and right. I was staying in the farm when I decided to do interior design so it just seemed like an outlet for me and you know something I could move away from pharmacy with if I need if I wanted to and somewhere to let out my creative side and then blogging just gives me an outlet to express myself me you know it's the easiest way I have found to, in order to help people and make a difference in people's lives and it's been amazing whether it's charities or somebody needs something simple and they they don't know who to mm-hmm. ask put a post up and you'll get a thousand more than a thousand opinions you know so it's it's open a lot of doors alhamdulillah yeah, that's wonderful, Alhamdulillah. And I think, you know what, social media is growing at such a fast, rapid pace. But, you know, just as you said, it's amazing as to how the people respond and how everyone is so willing to help each other. Yeah, There's a lot of unity, I feel. Yeah, know, I mean, we've become so close to people we've never met, uh, Alhamdulillah. It, there are some genuinely good people out there. I mean, it has its bad as well, but mm. Alhamdulillah, there are. You realize there are a lot of, especially when, when people are in real need and you put up a post like charity related or, you know, somebody has like a real dire need for something and people come forward so willingly, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So, but you know, speaking good. of social media, and you know, you're such an amazing social media influencer, Alhamdulillah. How do you manage to constantly keep at it? Because, you know, like we mentioned, it's rapidly evolving and it, there's a lot of, you know, aspects when it comes to posting up one simple post even. You know, uh, so how do you manage to make sure that you're on the top of your social media game? Um, I don't stress about it. I mean, I okay. got into blogging not by choice. It just happened, so I don't stress about it. I went through a, a brief phase where I used to check stats and check, you know, worry about followers and stuff. But it's been a long time since I've even bothered worrying about that. And I think mm. that's what helps you keep authentic and mm. and make you more relatable. Because the moment you start worrying about that and worrying about curated feeds and perfect photos and stuff, you, you lose the realness. And I think people um, follow, me, follow me more for who I am rather mm. than uh, perfect pics. And, you know, it's more like the messages behind it or the inspirational stuff or... But not, yeah, I'm just not about that. So to me, um, I just carry on doing what I'm doing, being real, um, and not stressing about it. Like, for me, I use it to make me happy. And, you know, it's about what I like. And if you like it, great. And if you don't, then there's so many other people you could be following. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think that's a great way because, you know, like you mentioned, everybody, um, you know, follows certain social media influences because of the fact that they're so relatable yeah. and that you're so real because they, and what they feel is that like, hold on, this person is just like me, you know, the challenges they have may be, you know, different in some aspects, but very similar in others. So it's the fact that they can be, you know, they can relate to you, I yeah. think is what is what important here. But, you know, coming to, to something else, um, what would be your favorite go-to ayah of the Quran when you're feeling down or if you need that spark of motivation? Verily, with every hardship comes ease because I've always seen it in my life. Uh, even now, with my husband mm-hmm. passing away, there's always good in it, and you know, trust in Allah, and you you'll see it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also all about the mindset too. But it's you know, verily, with every hardship comes ease, and with the hardship is the ease as well, because mm-hmm. Allah won't put you through something and abandon you. So yeah. It's, that's my favorite. You mentioned the losing of your husband, and that must have been really extremely tough on you. Uh, and following your social media through this time, and you know, seeing your posts and everything of that sort, I saw that not only you know there were tons of positive you know comments from many people giving you support, and I'm sure your DMs must have been flooded as well. But equally to that, there were just as much as negative comments on what you shared. So how did you manage to then deal with this grief of losing a loved one, and then dealing with these negative and toxic people? 
I think Allah prepared me in his own way for the experience like way before it happened like from going into niqab and you know getting closer to him to going for umrah a few weeks before that and you know like getting my spiritual level on on such a level that um I could deal with not only his loss but everything that came with it because losing your spouse is only one part there is so much that comes with it you know like with the families and with finances mm-hmm. and the business and what people have to say and everybody's questions and you know so many uncertainties mm-hmm. and there's so much more that goes with it but alhamdulillah you know that really helped me and you know dealing with with a with a loss of this magnitude the only thing that will ever help you is tawakkul and turning to allah the nice thing for me is like you know i said my favorite ayah is with every difficulty comes ease and with this i saw allah from the first day i saw him like holding my hand and being with me and the ida was such a special time and such a, a comforting time where i felt allah with me all the time and i felt him doing things for me like if i even thought of something it would you know the next day somebody would send it or bring it or do it for me or i didn't even have to to say it i just had to think it alhamdulillah and um in that way it made life a lot easier for me as for people's comments you know you can't please everyone all the time so i stopped trying <laughs> i used to care i used to try but you know after a while you realize that you're never going to be happy if you worry about everyone's opinions because not everyone's going to agree with everything you do and you can't live your life to please other people as long as allah is on your side and as long as your intention is correct then it doesn't matter what anyone says so share with us perhaps you know what sparked your blogging journey um like i mentioned earlier it was accidental um i just wanted to be anonymous and have an account to follow <laughs> other bloggers so i chose the name south african hijabi initially and i think people thought it was some blogger <laughs> some hijabi blogger and at that time they weren't many i think in south africa so okay. people just started following me and i used to post pictures with my face cropped out and whatever and people just took a liking to it and i just got pushed into blogging it just like was like the next logical step uh, when my following grew so yeah and from south african hijabi i just decided to change to modesty by bash because the word hijabi just attracts every type of hate mm-hmm. <laughs> um everyone has their idea of what a hijabi is and what's appropriate and what's not and i felt like i didn't want to be called a hijabi anymore I'd rather call myself modesty by passion this is my idea of modesty because you'll keep hearing this is not hijab this mm. is not hijab and I just got tired of it um so that's why I changed my name but um yeah the blogging thing just happened for me I'm glad it did it's opened up so many doors for me alhamdulillah um but I never got into it with the intention of doing it and I never um you know I don't I think I think the nice thing about my page is I realize that social media is such a small part of your life. Um and it's not something worth focusing all your attention on. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a higher purpose here than sitting on your phone and worrying about material for Instagram. So, I mean, it's something I do that that you know, affords me a lot of opportunities and stuff, but I don't take it so seriously or stress about it or um spend too much effort on it i try to be more real and be myself and i try to let it fit into my life rather than me fitting into the blogging sphere you know mm-hmm. 
so yeah and i think that's really important and i think like we mentioned about it, you know keeping it real that also is that because a lot of the time i think more lately uh, more of the newer social media influencers a lot of them you know like you said it's like curated information that's put out curated pictures you know posing in this angle or you know saying this type of comment putting up pics they took off out two months ago or two weeks ago with a photographer yeah. it's not even you know today's news yeah what used to be instagram yeah. now it's just like delayed gram or something <laughs> like you mentioned is that you know when you were South African hijabi you, you got a lot of I think negative comments when it came to you know hijabi and I think that a lot of the time followers just don't have um, you know I think a way of, of speaking sometimes they just speak what's on their mind which is great because everybody has a freedom of speech but I think there's some sort of level of respect that needs to be determined here and so what advice can you share with followers on respecting the life and the actions and the decisions made by the social media influencer because I think what they need to realize is the social media influencer is not you know this perfect creation also yeah. you know like you mentioned yeah. it's, you know the human yeah, you, you need to realize that there's a real person on the other side you know and what you see is not always the reality I mean, um, the person could be having a really bad day, but they don't show that. And, you know, somebody could be battling with depression, anxiety, they could be suicidal, whatever it is. And you don't want to push, you don't want to be that person who pushes them over the edge and make somebody's life worse. So before you say something, think about it. If you have nothing good to say, rather keep quiet. And if you feel like you really need to say something, always remember, there's always a way to do it. Message them privately, be kind. Um, and ask yourself also, why do you feel the need to be nasty to someone? Or to, why, why do you feel the need to express your opinion? Because everyone has an opinion, but sometimes, you know, it's our own ego that makes us feel like we need to to bring somebody else down or give our opinion or share it, you know, or assess why, why you feel the need to do that to someone because there's a real person on the other side of that who may be battling with things you have no knowledge of. So I think the motto of Instagram should be like, you know, be kind. <laughs> Yeah, no, I totally agree with you and I'm sure that, you know, people will definitely listen to this because, you know, like you said, it's like treat people as you'd like to be treated. Exactly, I mean, if you have yeah. to put up a post and people start hating on you because of that, obviously no one's going to like it. So yeah. be the same, be kind to people, like you said. And I think with all these negative comments and all the toxic, you know, followers that you have perhaps and the busy lifestyle that you lead, you do need time to yourself. So what does Bashir Dauji do for me time? Uh, me time is usually spent with my bestie Nasima. Uh, you guys know her as Nasu. A <laughs> uh, lot of spa days and my dogs. I love my dogs and playing with them. And I think uh, the love of a dog is unconditional. And they're always happy to see you. There's no one that you'll ever meet who's as that excited to see you. <laughs> and it's so therapeutic playing with them. Um, yeah, my me time is my dogs and spa days and occasionally reading when I have time. I think every girl needs a best friend. Yeah, I know. I have the best one. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, we all put into such difficult situations and I think maybe society, you know, defines the way that we need to be, the way we need to look. And then we have these people who then, you know, say such nasty and negative comments. For example, if there's a lady in a situation where she has these nasty comments from friends or family, you know, telling her that, you know, about her body shape or they're speaking to her that, you know, she's, she isn't married yet and she's getting old or even if she's married and then she doesn't have kids yet. So what advice can you say to her on staying positive? I think again, you know, you'll never be able to please everyone. Everyone has an opinion. You need to develop a thick skin and, you know, take things with a pinch of salt because 
I've heard being childless also I've heard every advice every comment every question <laughs> suggestion you know that there is yeah. out there and you know sometimes you just don't want to hear it mm. I think sometimes you need to just think the best of people when they when they're giving you that advice and think you know what maybe they're genuinely concerned even though you know a lot of the times people aren't at the end of the day you know to those people who are actually making the comments it's like why does it concern you so much leave that which does not concern you and if you have nothing good to say you rather keep quiet because you don't know what that person is battling with you don't know how much dua that person has made for a child or a husband or how many frogs the lady has had to go through and <laughs> not had success yeah. or how many procedures the woman has had to go through to try and have a child or whether she's had a failed adoption or a fail, or miscarriage or failed IVF or or, or, or you don't know mm-hmm. so instead of you know prying on sensitive topics rather keep quiet or you know let them if they have a concern they'll ask you or they'll ask the people who they need to ask yeah. but you know sometimes we need to just think before we we make comments mm-hmm. um because even the the lady who's fat i mean she knows she's fat um she doesn't need to hear it from you <laughs> and you don't know why she's fat maybe yeah. she is on a diet and going to the gym and she's just not losing weight because she has a thyroid problem or she's taking chronic medication that's making her fat or she's depressed and her depression medication is making her fat which is making her more depressed and there you go and ask her about her weight um like who needs that you know yeah. so i mean we need to think before we say things i mean we really do you know coming to um you know your creative side do you think that everyone has a creative side do you, is it inherent I don't think so. I no. think I I honestly think it's something that that can't be thought. I think you either have it or you don't. <laughs> so how can someone develop one? I don't think you can. I think you can though. You can try and and hone into your skills and think about what you're passionate about and what interests you and try out a few things and see what, you know, what you're good at. But mm-hmm. um I mean you either going to have it or you're not going to have it yeah. you know it's it's, it's something trouble. that I think I think is is built in <laughs> you've moved from hijab to niqab so when where and how totally unplanned um I never wanted to go into niqab anytime soon my in-laws are like 99% all in niqab and I always told my husband you know maybe when I'm 50 or 60 maybe <laughs> I'll think about it but it was never something because no one in my family wears and it was like never something I actually thought I'll do And uh, you know we plan and Allah's plans are the best plans and um it wasn't something I ever really wanted to do but I did have a few niqabs that I kept like you know if I went for holiday or something and I forgot to buy someone a gift then you know I had those like <laughs> spare but I went for umrah a few years back with my grand and my mother-in-law and they saw how forward the guys were in Medina when I was shopping and they told me you know what if you're going shopping alone you're going to wear a niqab and I wore it and I didn't like it I bought a cheap 10 real one and I really didn't like it but I wore it to make them happy And uh, this time I took the really nice like Bedouinis and Shakia pardas and I really really in Medina I wore it because I would be shopping alone because it was just my hubby and I but also because I had heard that you know when you go to make salam yeah. it's better if you wear it so I said you know let me try but I ended up wearing it the whole time in Medina and I absolutely loved it and my husband loved it on me and he just couldn't stop going on about how much he loved it and I also and when I came back I just missed it it was it was so weird I I kept telling him like i have this like heaviness on my chest that won't go away i feel like i need to wait I and i miss that. it yeah. and every night from the day i came back i would just google people's niqab stories and i and i kept thinking like you know i have so much of nice clothes how am i going to go i have clothes i brought from malaysia and this yeah. i haven't even worn they have tags i have so much of stuff and it's going to affect my blogging also so much and I, you know i was at war with myself and I, and then i started blo- um 
Googling people's niqab stories, like temporary niqab or part-time niqab and stuff. And then it became like more accessible to me. I was like, okay, maybe I can wear it sometimes when the situation allows. I'll try it out or mm. I'll try it out and see if I like it and then decide if I want to wear it full-time. Because me growing up, I had this perception of niqab, like you put it on and it's for life and you can't, nobody can ever see your face and whatever. And when I started reading more, it was, I mean, obviously if you think it's mustahab or sunnah and not fard, you know, you have that leeway where, you know, if you're wearing it, you're getting sawab. And if you're not wearing it, you don't feel like you're getting sin. Right. So, I mean, that that's my opinion. Uh, I don't want to get into any sharia <laughs> things here. But, like, that's my opinion. Right. So, I went into it after the two weeks. I was like, you know what, Harun, tomorrow I'm going to put it on. I just want to see if I feel like how I felt in Medina. And I put it on and that heaviness in my chest went away and it was just peace. I loved it so much. And it's that feeling every time I put it on. Like my whole idhar, I missed putting my pada on because it's just it's just like this closeness that I feel to Allah that's so hard to describe. And a peace. I just love it. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's very hard to explain. And I don't know if everyone in Iqab has that, that, that experience. But for me, it's like it chose me. I didn't choose it. And it's one of the best decisions I ever made. Alhamdulillah, that's so inspiring because I think when people, as you mentioned, we read so many stories of ladies who love the niqab and they want to wear it and they, their job doesn't allow or their husbands are not happy or, you know, circumstances don't yeah, allow. So yeah. what they do, they wear it. They wear it right till the work door. They take it out, they work. They put it on as soon as they get out of work. I mean, they love their niqab, they want to, but sometimes their circumstances don't mm. allow. Like even with me now, I hate the fact that sometimes when I do a locum, I have to remove it. You know, sometimes corporate or you know retail doesn't allow mm. you to wear it so sometimes we need to stop being so hard on ourselves i think sometimes we have our own worst enemies and sometimes we don't do things because we're scared about what mm. other people will think and other people's perceptions but you know if we made it a bit easier for ourselves and we were a bit less hard mm. on ourselves it would be so much easier Absolutely. But I think also another aspect here is that following, you know, like your Instagram and things, I've seen that, you know what, there's Islamic fashion even when it comes to niqab. And I was quite amazed at it to see that you know, you can wear these different colors and you can really, you know, make yourself, you know, feel good when you're dressing up with the niqab, yeah, just no, as you I do with hijab. It. So, you know, through your tough times, who, what has given you the strength to keep going? Um, I think I have a good support system, especially in this tough time now, my bestie. My parents are very supportive and my baby sister, Smia, like... And my dogs. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I have a re- I have really good friends. And, you know, I didn't even realize some of the gems that I had in my life until I lost my husband. And friends who I hadn't seen in 10 or 12 years were there for me. Um, I think you realize who, you know, who's there for you True. when yeah. you need them. Um, it's been, like, eye-opening. I didn't realize I had that many people in my life supporting me until I went through this. Alhamdulillah. And I think, you know, like you mentioned, you know, the eye of the Quran, fairly with every difficulty comes ease. And I think, you know, having that some amazing, you know, support yeah. system is... Yeah, and like ease. I said, Allah, you know, I mean, yeah. that's the main support that I had every day. And even now, and like, my biggest fear about coming out of Ida was that all that blessings was going to go. And it's not like that. Allah put you through it and he'll get you through it. So Alhamdulillah, yeah. he's there. He's still helping me get through every day. Alhamdulillah. So who would you say is your inspiration or your role model? Um, well, going into niqab was Fatima radiallahu anha. Like her level of modesty just inspires mm. me. Like listening to uh, lectures about her and her modesty is so inspiring to me. And another one would be Asya radiallahu anha. I love her resilience and the fact that she could have been married to the worst of men. And that did not change who she was. And that did not change her level of tawakkul and, her, you know, just her faith. Yeah, those two personalities really uh, inspire me a lot. 
Absolutely. And I think there's no better role models than from the time of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Yeah, no one can compare nowadays. (laughs) (laughs) But lastly, if you can, um, you know, share with us perhaps, how do you manage to live with purpose? Um, I think by always checking my intentions when I do stuff, I always try to remain grounded and, you know, remember who I am and why I'm doing this. That helps me to stay focused. And then also always remembering that social media is a small part of life. It's not life. And we need to realize why we're here and what our purpose here is and where you know where our final resting place is going to be and what we're working towards so i keep trying to remember to you know focus on my intentions and you know purify the intentions and then work towards that higher purpose which is why we are here and it's not to sit on instagram the whole day or you know that's why i try to bring in the inspiration and you know the islamic bits into my social media because if i am going to spend time off it it'd rather be worthwhile time so that's me <laughs> alhamdulillah that's wonderful shukran so much for your time this afternoon we really had an awesome time speaking with you and um, we wish you all the best with your future jazakallah thank you so much for having me assalamu alaikum alaikum salam that's it for today we hope you enjoyed it and that our guests added value to your life and most importantly inspired you to live with purpose don't forget to forward all suggestions to info at accidentalmuslims.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Until next time, Assalamu Alaikum.